Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Glory to Jesus Christ. Whatever they say in the Eastern Church and Advent, forever. <laughs> we don't change it. Okay, glory forever. We will change it soon, though. Actually, on two days. To what? To Christ is born. And he is boxes. truly born. Yeah. <laughs> In the Jordan, no. Uh, glorify him. Glorify him, that's right. Or Christos Stajetsvia in Slavonic. And the response is Slavite Yeho. Exactly. <laughs> Slavite Yeho. Take that. Slavite Yeho. Slavite Yeho. Christos Stajetsvia. But not yet, though. Not, well, not. by the time this podcast comes out, it that will be. That is true. We are. Uh, that is true. We should have thought about that last time because our podcast came out today. On the 23rd, and we didn't even really wish anyone Merry Christmas. Yeah. They probably did. Well, Mike and John. Christmas yet, though. Right. For us, it wasn't, but. But you you know what? The. uh, (laughs) Dang you, technology. I I trust you guys are hearing this just fine, but we're hearing. We're hearing. It's fine. It's fine. Um, So, John and Mike did not, Father John and Father Mike did not mention Anniversary of the Companions on their podcast. Oh, good. So, we got it in first. That's nice. Wait, yeah, yeah, because they recorded the same day we did, and we knew that. That's weird. So it came out. So anyway, so we got it in. Go us. Virtual high five. All right. Um, so actually, the I, I did think about, though, that this podcast would come out uh, after Christmas. You did. I, well, I did my preparations. I did not in my greeting, of course. That's because we only recorded one last time, yeah. and now it's two days before Christmas. Yeah. So now we're just doing the other one. So this is very odd. Now now it feels like we're more authentic, actually, with me saying we only record one at a time. It just seems like that's kind of what people intend for us to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's just recording one like the day before it comes out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is, of course, not what happens. So let's just start over again. Christ is born. In the Jordan. <laughs> I did Glorify that just to him. Mess you up. Glorify him. We do Christ I forgot baptized. that. On, uh, on Theophany, which all of this fits in. This is such a good transition. So very little banter. You are getting after it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, somebody's I trying am. to keep it short. Well, I, I'm i just trying to flow, and nothing's coming to mind. Jesus is like... You can like, flow low. Well, it's hard, to, it's hard to get in the season when we haven't yet entered into it. I know. So. And, like, look at my house. What? Does, does this look very Christmas? Yeah, it's there's nothing. It doesn't not, not really a change. Thing. Not a single thing. I don't think it. I don't think that's changed in like three years. Like, see those see those Christmas cars on that table over by the yeah the Uncompanions TV that never turns on. Mm-hmm. Those are from like three years ago. Literally, if you looked at those, they did like Merry Christmas 2014. I know. <laughs> how long is this that, is my <laughs> how long has that weight machine been over there? <laughs> that's been there since I had my hair needed disc. Which was what two years ago? At least two years oh, ago. Oh wow! Okay. So that was uh, Ben gave me that. My buddy Ben, remember Ben's pharmacy down here yes, right by the seminary? Uh-huh, yeah. So he gave me that because I had a herniated disc, and that's some like anti gravity yes. thing or something. So I tried it once. I just never got it. It was like, and I almost killed myself on that thing. Oh, I remember you because it's like you're supposed to flip upside down, and it's supposed to take weight off your spine, and it's supposed to do all these things. Because my herniated disc was at C six. It was way just up by my neck. And so it was, it's supposed to like, you know, my big old fat head was supposed to weigh down my spine or something like mm-hmm. that so that it actually elongated it or stretched it out or at least was supposed to alleviate some pain because nothing I could do alleviated pain. And that, I think I told you that story. I went six months, six months in excruciating pain. I can handle pain. What I could not handle was 
the lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. Like trying to find yeah. a way to sleep. I bought a special pillow. I thought I found a way with like if I keep my left hand over my head in a very weird, awkward way when I'm trying to go to sleep, it would help a little bit, but nothing was helping, nothing at all. And so finally I went to a doctor and it was actually at Mass, the same thing as DePaul. And uh, we had this this server named Mike. He's probably late 80s, early 90s. Nice. <laughs> he served every morning for me. Anyway, he saw me really struggling to put my alb on one morning. He's like, what's wrong, father? And I was like, oh, I said, I just, something's really wrong with my neck. It's been this way for a couple of months now and I'm not sleeping well. And I was kind of venting to him. So anyway, without asking me, he went and asked the entire congregation at this 6.30 a.m. at St. Vincent de Paul to pray for me. Just something's wrong with Father, Mike, Father Michael's neck. We don't know what it is. So anyway, uh, there was a doctor, a surgeon in the congregation that day huh. who then came and talked to me. And uh, anyway, he saw me. We did x-rays. We did MRIs. My herniated disc at C6 was so horrible that it was jetting into my spinal cord and was causing a bubble. Like in the spinal cord, you could see in the MRI a, a space, an air space in my spinal cord. And my dad discovered it because he's an MRI tech. So he like looked and it was like, you have a bubble. And he knew the term in there. So I went back to the doctor. The doctor said, well, as long as it doesn't grow bigger. Anyway, it just got messier and messier and messier. So long story short, I was about ready to have a... Um, epidural, which was going to not going to work, of course, but insurance required it. And then I was going to go in and get surgery where they just fuse your spine, which is horrible. Um, but, you know, football players do it all the time. So it's not too debilitating. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to do it. Just going to get my spine fused. And then I was at a restaurant one night with a buddy of mine and we were sitting eating dinner. And this little boy, probably about maybe, maybe 10 years old, walks up and he's like, Father Michael. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have no idea who this is. Um, we're praying for your neck. And like the fact that he said, we are, maybe you think he was from the school of St. Vincent de Paul or something like that. Somebody had asked them to pray yeah. for me. Anyway, so I said, oh, thank you. He walks off. I tell my friend, I have no idea who that was. And then the next morning I wake up perfectly fine, mm. perfectly fine. Like not an ache, nothing. And I went back to my doctor and I was like, I don't know what's up, but there is something seriously happened, you yeah. know, miracle-esque, if not miracle, just explicit. Uh-huh. And he's like, I believe in miracles. Let's run with it. So it's been two years now. No problems at all. Did you pass like some spinal gas? <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I believe in miracles. Oh, because the bubble? <laughs> I believe in miracles, Michael. I believe in miracles. I haven't had another MRI. I have That's not. Amazing. I have no idea if it, I if love it worked. That. Oh, I believe in miracles too. I've had I've had crazier things that happened to me though. I think Jesus is just like you know what you'd have no faith unless I just threw it in your face exactly. all the time. Exactly. And I'm like, dang it, Lord. That that sounds like Jesus. It does. <laughs> uh, no, no. Another quick story. Like one time, I, I, I was in I was at the outreach to my liturgy, and I was saying goodbye to parishioners that were moving to New Mexico, and they had been in the parish and the outreach for years. I knew them very, very well, and as I turned around to give this heartfelt like going away speech during the announcements. I space their name, completely space their name, forget it completely. So here I am like trying to talk around saying their name because I think everybody knows who they are. Yeah. And finally, I just give up. And I'm like, I, the, uh, um, uh, uh, and I'm trying to like, come on, Lord, just give me their name. And finally, someone in the congregation yells it out, literally <laughs> yells out their name. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so after giving the, the talk, I turn around and I look up at the cross, like the icon of Christ on the cross. And I'm like, Lord, like, what the heck? Thanks a lot. Yeah. Like, thanks a lot for that. And like, I literally like in my heart, not out loud, of course, but like in my heart, heard Jesus just go, that was hilarious. Like (laughs) I did that on purpose and it was hilarious and you needed it. And I was just like, I couldn't do anything but smile. It was just so explicitly like, okay, my brain just farts every once in a while and I can't think of a name. But sometimes Jesus is just like, I'm just going to mess with you a little bit. 
because it's funny and you're going to think it's funny too. So anyway, that's, that's part of the Jesus I know. And I like it. So, okay. The Jesus I know. See, now we just got away from the easy transition. It's all right. Okay. So we transition. Still, we still have 58 more minutes. <laughs> we, that's, we haven't mocked them yet. Have we? I didn't mock. I don't mock. Do I mock? You you started the mocking what two nights ago? I did and not. I, I finished it up. I didn't say anything. <laughs> what, did you, what what did you say? You got me going on it then. I didn't say anything. Somebody and else brought it up. <laughs> Who brought it up? Uh, I think it was Lejoie. Oh, was it really? Okay. Yeah. He, I think he, yeah so. so we 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 did not adequately mock Father Mike and and Father John for going over the hour mark first ever first time ever i was actually scrolling through the itunes list today and you can see it stands out like 101 one minute one second and poor becca (laughs) our editor tried to edit it down but she just couldn't and i listened to it and he really couldn't and it wasn't even any guests it was just them it was hilarious oldies 101 (laughs) so anyway so now now we can go over and it's not a problem we can go over an hour because it's been done the seal was broken by them not us we rejoice in that fact. And now Not we, for a while. Now we can go over without shame. <laughs> Not for a while. No, I just think it was really funny because, I mean, if we would do that, I know I would hear something about it. But, right, right. you know, I just I just waited. You We're know, the just, nice guys of the Catholic stuff podcast. Exactly. We're the good guys. And over there, they'd mock and scold and... Yes. But Tie we, up we heavy love burdens, anyway. hard to carry. <laughs> All right. But yeah, we were having a companion's dinner and uh, we went the whole dinner without saying anything. No, when we were eating sushi. Right. Down by your place. And then at the very, very end, as we're walking out, the exactly. says something and you and I jump on it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So to keep it under an hour and a minute, let's move on to the topic. So I did consider uh, when this was coming out, which is going to be January 6th or 7th or something like that, whatever. Yes. Because they're next week. Rome's next week. And then... Uh, Hang on. Ah! Boop. What is this? Pause, Becca. Cancel. We're, we're recording. We are? Okay. Yep. So back at it. Uh, so this is going to come out... Anyway, this is going to come out between Christmas... Somewhere between Christmas and what you call Epiphany, what we call Theophany. And I don't know when it comes out in relation to January 1st. But anyway, in the... In the Eastern calendar, we've now been going through the the Philip's fast, what you guys call Advent, Nativity fast, and that is a time of preparation, of course. It is a time of penitential actions, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. It is an ascetical season in the East. Um, in the West, I actually I found this out. I did not know this but until this year, but I was preaching, and I actually read the Ordo before I, I did Mass, and I found out that this... Advent is not only anticipation of Christ's birth and the anamnesis, the commemoration of his birth, but it's also the preparation for the second coming of Christ. Did you know that? Advent? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that, is that like a well-known thing? Uh, I mean, depends on if you're a total <laughs> liturgy geek or not. <laughs> okay, so, so Advent in the West is also a time of preparation for the second coming of Christ, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing because there is something about preparing for something you know is going to happen, namely the birth of Christ, and something that you have no idea when it's going to happen. And those two preparations, because of course, the second coming of Christ, we don't know what's going to happen. So when we spend Advent anticipating the revelation of the God-man at his birth as nativity, there's also this sense of excitement and unknowing and the joy of unknowing, the awe of unknowing when this second coming is going to happen. So we need to prepare ourselves with watchfulness as well. So anyway, I knew something new to me. 
Um, so this time, though, is a time of penance in the East, of anticipation in the West, um, both leading up to the Nativity of Christ. But when as soon as the Nativity happens, we begin this season with multiple feasts, all having to do with revelation, all having to do with light. Um, and, of course, the irony here, the paradox here is that as the world gets dark, we just pass the winter solstice. So we are we are now in the darkest time of the year. And there's something about during the darkest season when the church commemorates light and it commemorates revelation and all the feasts that they're coming now, all the way from now, all the way up until the um, entrance into the temple, um, what you guys call presentation, mm-hmm. what we call encounter of our Lord of Simeon and Anna on February 2nd, 40 days after Christmas. So what we have is that. Um, traditionally, all of these feasts of Revelation were all celebrated together. They were all celebrated on January 6th. Whether yes. that's old calendar or new calendar, it was January 6th on both calendars. So on January 6th was the Feast of Revelation. Well, what again, Epiphany, Revelation from above, Epiphany, Greek word, Theophany, the Revelation of God. So the feasts celebrated on January 6th were... Nativity of our Lord, of course, the revelation of the God-man, his, his being shared with the world, the revelation, and that, of course, revelation came primarily through the, the angels to the shepherds. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the, 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 the God-man, the Messiah is born. That's why we say the greeting changes to Christ is born, right? Christ is just another way of saying Messiah or anointed one. Christ is born. We glorify him. That's our response to this revelation. So the nativity, the second thing. Um, celebrated on January 6th was, of course, the Magi, the coming of the Magi. Um, we know historically that probably they came a year or so after Christ was born. Certainly he was... Really? Yeah. I mean, they're, they, the star most likely appeared at his birth, and then they started from the East then. And the reason, and the ways, reason why many scholars say this is because Herod was killing all babies two years old and younger. Huh. So he was probably about a year old, at least when, sure. when they said the star appeared at his birth. It's now been about a year, so he just estimated it two years. So, um, but but was he a toddler? They were still in the area. You know, there's different traditions about this, of course. But um, whenever whenever the magi appeared um, and and came bringing these gifts, of course, we know that they then went back east. They were magi. They were magicians. They were star worshippers, star gazers, and that's why God kind of took this this pagan. Um, reality that they lived in and brought them to Christ and they brought Christ then or Christianity back east back with them so there's this it's a revelation to the Gentiles so this the revelation of the God man to all of us through his birth the revelation at you know especially scripturally to the shepherds um, and then there's this revelation to the Gentiles that is celebrated when we celebrate the Magi um, and then the the third revelation was the Theophany or what we call Theophany this is the commemoration of Christ's baptism mm-hmm. and the baptism was the beginning of his ministry to the world, but it was also more importantly, it was the revelation of God as Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because his baptism is the first time that we hear that the second person of the Trinity stepped into the waters. The first person of the Trinity, God the Father, we hear his voice. This is my beloved Son, in whom I will please listen to him. The Holy Spirit we see descending like a dove. So this is the revelation of God as Trinity. We have the revelation of the God-man at his nativity, revelation of the Gentiles with the Magi, revelation of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We also then celebrated the fourth thing, celebrated event, the fourth um, aspect or scriptural oh. pericope celebrated, do you know? 
Wedding of Cana. Wedding of Cana, exactly. The, the the revelation of Jesus as the miracle worker, the 30 years after his birth. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, his ministry begins with a baptism, but his first miracle is, is the celebrating the wedding of Cana. So initially, in the early, early church, all four of those were celebrated together. Uh, adding to that was also the finding in the temple when he was revealed, in a sense, to the, the Jewish people that were there, and also the revelation of his name at his circumcision and naming, which is January 1st. So eight days later, of course, his Jewish tradition of getting circumcised at your circumcision, which is a revelation of him as being Jewish, was also the revelation of his name, Jesus, which means God saves. Mm-hmm. Yeshua means God saves. So all of these feasts of revelation all come within 40 days of each other. Yeah. Um, now, those have been moved around a bit, and of course, course, in the West, in the Roman Catholic Church, Nativity was moved to December 25th. And then when do you guys celebrate the baptism? The week after Epiphany. The week after Epiphany. So Epiphany then is, is January 6th, and Epiphany commemorates the wise men, the Magi. Correct? Yes. 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 So Epiphany commemorates the wise men. Um, then the baptism is celebrated a week after that. Yes. Do you guys celebrate the wedding at Cana? Is no. there a specific time for that? No. Okay. Do you celebrate the naming in the circumcision? No. No. Okay. So In the um, old calendar, yeah. In the old calendar. Okay. So we we celebrate actually wedding at Cana is not a specific feast, but we always hear it the, the Tuesday after Pascha. So it's actually just the beginning of John, which mm-hmm. is another, of course, season of revelation of is Easter. Um, so... Um, but we celebrate, of course, Christmas on December 25th. Eight days later, the day he actually would have been circumcised and named, January 1st, we celebrate the circumcision and the naming of Christ. And then a few days after that, January 6th, we celebrate the baptism. So what we call theophany is the same thing, epiphany, theophany. January 6th, we celebrate his baptism. When when do you guys celebrate Mary, Mother of God? That is the day after Christmas. Okay. So what we call the synaxis of the mother of God. So it's kind of a, a gathering of all of her feasts into one, into her motherhood, right? Mm-hmm. So synaxis means gathering. So after, in the in the Byzantine church, after any major feast, there's a synaxis the next day that, that commemorates or remembers someone that was involved in that feast, but not the primary. So of course, the nativity is all about Christ, but his mother played a major part in it. So we celebrate her the next day. True. And then we celebrate St. Stephen the day after her. So we actually sit, celebrate who we call the Apostle, First Martyr, and Archdeacon Stephen on the 27th. And then when do you do St. John? St. John? The Apostle? He has his own feast, I think, in June. That's when we do it. It's December 27th. Oh, okay. Okay. Then we celebrate celebrate, um, Joseph, his dad, David, and James, his brother, on the Sunday after Christmas. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Wait, what? In the Eastern tradition, Jesus' brothers and sisters that are mentioned in the Bible as his brothers and sisters uh-huh. were Joseph's children from a previous marriage. Oh, I see. So Joseph was an old man. Yes. Mary was a young woman. Joseph already had children. So when he married Mary, they, they raised his other children along with Jesus. So his other children were probably about even Mary's age, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that were raised with him. So they were in the same household. That's why people said, you know, don't we know his brothers and sisters? Don't we know his mom? Because he was raised with them, even though they were not his brothers and sisters. Of course, they were Joseph's, his, his foster fathers. Um, so that, that's one tradition, but that is the Eastern tradition. Right. Um, okay. So we celebrate the, the rest of the family the next Sunday, in other words. Um, so in other words, in this season of Revelation, I think it's important to reflect upon the fact that that it is as the world is darker. I mean, 
seasonal affective disorder as is running rampant in this mm-hmm. time. I think you yeah. see that as a priest. I, I see that all the time. People, Christmas is not nearly as busy for me liturgically as Easter is. With Lent, you don't. we don't have a Holy Week leading up to it. And people are like, oh, you, it's one of your busiest seasons. It's not liturgically. There's not really that much different liturgically. You know, we have, um, we actually celebrate um, in the East, we celebrate the the nativity of Christ and the shepherds of his Luke's Infancy narratives we do on Christmas Eve. Matthew's infancy narratives we do on Christmas Day. So you celebrate, in a sense, the nativity on Christmas Eve. You celebrate the Magi, which you guys celebrate on January 6th. We celebrate on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So it's the, the two things are one Eve, one day. But all, in other words, all of these things are still celebrated in this time, except wedding at Cana, which is celebrated the, the Tuesday after um, Pascha. So seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder. People are sad. Exactly. People are sad. SAD. Get it? That's true. Yeah. Seasonal affective disorder. It's like rhinoplasty. It's just not, it's not fair. (laughs) You can't name conditions like this. Right. Exactly. And so there, there are people, it is a real thing. As the world gets darker, people get more, whatever you want to call it, depressed, sad, whatever it might be. By the way, you, you look like you're drinking some sorority drink. Yeah, I'm as, drinking as, a little I'm, jungle juice. I'm drinking whiskey. You're drinking a. I'm drinking mixed b- mixed berry air, mixed berry airborne. <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay, got it. A lot of darkness, a lot of feasts of light. Yes, and th- that's done for a reason. It's just like, oh. of course, John the Baptist. He says, I must decrease that he may increase. Mm-hmm. So we celebrate his feast, as I've said before, as the world is, as the um, the light's getting, summer everything's solstice. getting darker. After summer solstice, yeah. we celebrate Christ as everything's getting lighter, the winter solstice. So the winter solstice is past, the world is darker. So the the irony or the paradox that is beautiful in this is, is similar to what we sing every night at Vespers. Um, it's called the Hymn of the Evening. Um, so in the monasteries, you celebrate Vespers literally as the sun is going down the, over the horizon. So you, the main times for prayer is as the sun is peaking over the horizon and as the sun is going down. So the the, the hmm. day the prayer is literally in the monasteries because they can change this throughout the year because that's kind of all they do is pray and work. So they can change it. So th- what the monks do is they will they will walk around the monastery banging on this piece of wood. It's announcing come to matins or come to vespers so they don't have a certain time their alarms on their watches don't go off they literally just pray in their cells or work until they hear this and then they go and gather for church so um this allows them to every day do a little bit later because then they they know when the sun's going to set so technically in the in the byzantine vesper service the sun sets right or or the perkimenon which is one of the prayers is called the perkimenon the 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 perkimenon is sung right as the sun is going down. So the Brachimenon is the transition of day. We know from Genesis that, you know, then evening, then morning, the first day. So the evening is the beginning of the next day. So the Brachimenon is being sung ideally as soon as, as the sun is going down over the horizon. Um, right before that is a hymn called the hymn of the evening, or we just call it O Joyful Light. Um, and this is, I, I love this. I actually have parishioners that sing mm, this, even yeah. if they don't pray Vespers. As the sun's going down, they'll like have their kids watch. And if the kids see the sun touch the horizon, they'll start singing this hymn. And it, it's, it's really beautiful. I'll just read it for you here. O joyful light, light and holy glory of the Father immortal, the heavenly, holy, the blessed one, O Jesus Christ. Now that we have reached the setting of the sun and seen the evening light, we sing to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is fitting at all times to raise a song of praise and measured melody to you, O Son of God, the giver of life. Behold, the universe sings your glory. So 
that there's obviously there's this meditation upon light as the sun is going down as we're losing light. And of course, all these hymns were written long before electricity. So there was really life changes immensely when the sun yes. goes down. Yeah. You know, you can't work anymore outside, etc. So um, so the, the, the evening light, this is when when this hymn is done, um, you actually turn up all the lights in the church. So you went from kind of receiving the light from the sun in the church to the windows to at this time you you would before electricity you actually light all the candles. So mm-hmm. this what called lamp lighting hymns. All the lamps are lit, and then you light the big chandelier when this happens. Now we just turn up the lights using electricity. Um, but there's this pretty much what we're saying in this hymn is Christ is our light. Therefore, sun, go ahead and set. Like we don't need you. It was nice when we had you, but 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 when the sun goes down. It is more obvious that we need Christ who is our light. So the natural light of the sun is acknowledged by the monastics as kind of being distracting. It's distracting from the need for the true, you know, revelation, light and life from, you know, the gospel of John. Um, Christ is the light given to us. Then we, of course, do not keep our our lamps under bushel baskets. We become the light through theosis, participation in him. Um, So, but the, the, the reality here is that it is easier to see Christ when the natural light is gone. It's almost like if yeah. we if we lose our natural abilities, if I lose a hand, if I if I lose my ability to sleep at night like what I do with my herniated disc, if I lose my my ability because of lack of health, if I'm homebound, if I'm hospitalized, all of a sudden it's much easier because my natural abilities are gone to rely on Christ because we have to. Same thing. Why does the church thrive under persecution? Why do people love movies like Silence? Why do they love movies like Calvary? It's like it's under persecution that the church thrives, comes alive because the church gets its life from Christ. And I can act like I was just preaching on on Wednesday night to my people, like seeing all these, seeing Trump, like um, President-elect Trump going and giving these talks and it says Merry Christmas, you know, across the top of it, across the top of the podium. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's good in one sense for us Christians to see. And some people are calling him like the new Constantine, like, oh, he's making Christianity <laughs> cool again, you know, but it's like, okay, but that's the church doesn't do its best work when we're comfortable, right. you know, like, like Christianity has laid, has been so cared for in this country and in the world in the past few decades that, that we've laid a foundation for the world, at least in the Western world, laid a foundation of Christianity that everybody is resting on. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. When you have Christian culture, it is ideal. Even atheists do charity when there's Christian culture. When there's a foundation of Christianity, then you can have you know, punks rebelling against the world. You can have angry teenagers. You can have charitable atheists. All these things that like that are that that are okay only because of the foundation of Christianity. If we had a foundation of of anything else in this country other than Christianity, other than like self giving, volunteering, self emptying, charitable, you know, attitudes towards things, then then these kind of these sociologies, these philosophies, they they would flounder because there's nothing to rest on. Like, I mean, I, I, don't, I could do a whole podcast on this, but I, I think there's something about the Christian foundations of, of, of the Western culture that allows a lot of rebellion without the culture completely going south. Mm. But the problem is we're whittling that away, which, again, it's a problem in one sense, but it also shows that Christianity flourishes under persecution. So we, we now, you know, with, with Trump, kind of our president-elect proclaiming Merry Christmas, that's fine. But we all we Christians need to stand up at being even better Christians because— 
everybody's acting slightly Christian in a Christian culture. When you have an anti-Christian culture, the Christians shine because everybody's against them. So they can be, they can suffer better than almost anybody else. They can be more charitable than almost anybody else. The, the, the Christianity that is required for those type of lifestyles shines through the persecution. So I'm glad to see Merry Christmas in one sense on, on the podium. In another sense, I'm saying when you secularize Christianity, yeah. It's not really helping much, you know. The the church isn't flourishing, so there's like kind of a sadness when I see that as well. That 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 is saying we we kind of need persecution to really convert hearts. It's it's easier when we are when we when Christianity is is countercultural. It's easier when Christianity is is not the norm to show how beautiful it is. Yeah, I'm the. I don't want to hear Merry Christmas from somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus. All right. <laughs> I don't care who they That's are. That's another reason why it's frustration uh, yeah. coming from Yeah, I mean, me, like, if you're actually making a statement about Christianity, fine. If you're just, like, doing the normal thing, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really interested. I told all my people, I'm like, they're like, everybody says, oh, put Christ back in Christmas. I'm like, no, put Mass back in Christmas. Yeah. Then you'll know about Christ. Yeah, I saw that. That's a beautiful meme, and it's it's, it's beautiful. The best way to keep Christ in Christmas is to keep Mass in Christmas, you know. Divine liturgy. Yeah. <laughs> Divine <But> liturgy. <laughs> Chris liturgy is what we call Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, there, there's this, there's this, when the, the paradox, of course, we Christians love paradoxes. I've said a million times, God and man, virgin and mother, et cetera. There's something about the paradox of saying when the world gets darker, we celebrate more and more the light and this is an entire season of light. These next 40 days, this podcast comes out after Christmas. Christmas was a celebration of revelation. And of course, light is a similar revelation because you need light to reveal what's in front of you, right? If, you, if you're walking through the dark forest at night, you hold a candle, flashlight, and now it now reveals the path. It reveals what's in front of you. This is a season until the presentation of our Lord or encounter of our Lord or whatever you call it. Until then, it's important to meditate upon the revelation in the dark season when the world is dark, that we don't need the light and seasonal affective disorder can take a hike, whatever you want to say, because we have the light of Christ. And if we meditate upon the way that this season of revelation, the way that the feasts are celebrated, etc., we will have revealed who Christ is, therefore who we are. And when we reveal are revealed who we are, then of course we turn again to penance because we see our our weak points, our vulnerable points, our 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 sin points. But we also, of course, then turn to Christ. We we even seek the light. We seek the one who's going to reveal these things in us, and we kind of begin that cycle over again: fasting, feasting, and of that'll lead us actually right up until until Lent. Well, I mean, I think if you if you actually close your eyes, you get accustomed to seeing in the dark. Okay. And like, as the light gets darker and darker, then the point isn't just uh, turn on all the lights and, you know, like, we'll just sit in front of... Fake it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like, want to fake it. Whatever those lamps are that people who have seasonal affective disorder sit in front of. Right. It's like, no, actually, you do desire the sun, you know, but like, you can see in the dark. You can, if by the light of faith, which is a kind of a dark seeing, you can see in that and... Christ's light is more luminous than the lights, the natural lights that we have, yeah. and even the artificial lights that we have, and the uh, eventually, like, his light will pervade everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I don't particularly like this season. Right. I like snow. 
Um, I love when the moon like reflects off of the snow and you can see like in the dark. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there is a part where it's just like, oh, this is kind of cold and nasty and whatever. I mean, when the when the the Earth is barren, you yeah. know. But I I think we need to experience that. Like we don't want to deny it. Like you you just when we experience the barrenness and the death of the world and the fall and the winter, yeah. there's something about let me let me sit in this and rest in it and not like always oh, say oh I can't wait till spring. Like like no, this is here for a reason. Yeah. That there's a darkness, there's a death, and and there's hope. We need to see in in the dead plants. Of course, the hope of spring. That's what, what Easter is all about. What Pascha is all about. But there's mm-hmm. I, I had a, a a prisoner of mine just recently um, talking about how much he's affected by seasonal effect disorder and but he was very eloquent i was very inspired by what he said because he said you know normally i can have 40 things going on in my life and handle them all amazingly well but when when winter hits everything in me slows down everything in me slows down so i have to simplify all these 40 things go down to like five and i can only keep an eye you know i kind of keep track of like five things going on but he was saying like I don't, I don't deny that. I don't mourn for the loss of all those things. I literally just say, this is how it is. Yeah, slow it down. Yeah, slow it down. And like, like take advantage of the reality of the situation. Don't just be jealous of the summer. Like say, oh, it's not summer anymore. And I'm going to allow Christ's light to come and and illuminate what I do in a different way and experience life a little bit differently when I'm, when I'm feeling this way, a little more depressed, whatever it is than when I'm on, I'm on cloud nine. You know, if, if I was bipolar, it'd be, you know, the times of mania, I'm going to use those to glorify Christ. The times of, of depression, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use them to, to glorify Christ, whatever that might be, you yeah. know, bring that to bear. But it's, it's like, these things aren't things to freak out about. We do. Of course we do. Yeah. But there, there are also tools to use for whatever Christ is calling us to use in that moment. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like the the sunrises in the winter almost more than the summer because they're different colors. Mm. You know, like it's just a different, like more pinks than like you know oranges or that kind of creamsicle or whatever. Yeah. But like, if you do your like morning ritual or whatever else, coffee. Some people pray a holy hour. Um, <laughs> and you do it at the same time. It's like it's a it's a different feeling waking up in the winter months um, than it is in the summer months. Yeah. But like the transition from darkness into light is actually really encouraging yeah. as opposed to I'm like getting up and it's already like blazingly. Yeah. You know, yeah, shout out to Perry West. We we have breakfast this morning at seven with he and a bunch of the other Perry. other kids from the parish, and they uh, and he was like, "Isn't this amazing?" And they're like, some of the girls are like, Perry, shut up. It's way too early to be calling this amazing. But he's like, "There's so much hope in this time." And I was like, "You know what? I agree with you. I don't really see it that way, but I, I like agree that. with you. I like that. I like the hope, and it's easier because you can wake up later and see the sunrise in the winter. Good point." So, Amen. Enjoy this season of light of revelation. Let Christ enlighten your hearts, reveal himself, reveal who you are and move on appreciating what that season offers. And in a sense, when there's not as much sun, we have to turn to Christ who is the light. And this season can actually force us as poverty can force us through needing physical things to need Christ more. So the season of darkness um, in the world can actually inspire us to seek after the light that is not just the lights in our homes or candles, but rather Christ who is our light. And to say, I, I have as much revelation and, and joy in this season only because of Christ, because I need him than I do when the natural light might somehow convince me that that's all I need. And that's of course can, 
can convince me to be completely self-reliant and therefore flail in the spiritual life. Okay. I apologize. I'm pretty sure like I'm coming down with something. I don't know if I'm following anything that's going on right now. Um, but I totally uh, support Father Michael O'Loughlin in his pursuit to give something to you. Uh, I just right now, I'm either... Yeah, it was kind of like a homily today. I apologize. No, I, I honestly... Your like, eyes are only half open over there. This so. was exactly what I did in Fraternal Group. I was listening to people and I was like, they are saying words. And those words have some kind of f- fluidity of thought. And I am just like so out of it. This sounds so important to what's being said right now. You were going. <laughs> I'm like, but yeah. I have no idea what the concept is. I'm like, is. yes, I think he's, he's on to something. All right. Well, hopefully by the time this comes out, you'll either have gotten over the illness or Please pray to God. you'll never have gotten Pray it. to God I don't get sick for Christmas Eve. Oh. I'm not. Shout out to Sunit Zaleski. I actually took her advice and bought, for the first time ever, Echinacea. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what this is going to do, but it better do something. I get that kick donkey immune defense stuff What's from, uh, oh. <laughs> I don't want to cuss, uh, oh. On, oh, from, uh, from Whole Foods. And it's, it's oh, it really? has a lot of echinacea in it. It's pretty amazing. Huh. Yeah. Well, I should check that out. Kick All right, here we go. Shout, Shout outs. Out. Dear Father Nathan and the rest of the podcast uh, people. Hey, Father, it's T-Nasty here. Okay, literally. Are you a gangster? Yeah, he says it's his self-proclaimed nickname. Okay. I'm going to call you I'm going to call you Powder Girl. Hey Father, it's Powder Girl here. I wanted to give you a good old greetings on behalf of St. Gregory the Great Seminary. We have a handful of listeners here including some of your Denver seminarians. Uh, first off, I want to give a shout out to all the seminarians at St. Greg's, especially Jack Rushoff. Um, Jack has helped me take Mormon-themed Snapchats during the time we had to wear our white shirts and black ties leading up to Cassock Day. He was very dedicated to the Mormon project to the extent he even flipped over a dead raccoon, which had exposed organs protruding out of it after being hit by a car. They sent us a bunch of pictures of them dressed as Mormons or looking like Mormons, um, and everything had its, like, a Mormon theme, like, Har-Mormen-ing... Harmonizing with, you know, brothers and they're all singing in their black shirts or whatever. Um, And then lastly, I want to give a shout out to my sister, Abby, who searched every liquor store north of the Platte River to find quality Nebraska whiskey for you to sip on as a token of our appreciation. Apparently, Nebraska-made whiskey is hard to come by, so I hope this single malt will do. She not only found the whiskey, but also paid for it uh, and said it would go towards her tithing for the month. Thank you. Your bro, Chacho in Christ. Tony Powder Girl Shukai Shukai Tony Shukai Tony Shukai Powder Girl T-Nasty Who do you think you are? <laughs> so what? what is the raccoon? Is that a Mormon thing? Do they no, like he, killing raccoons? No, something? he like They like uh, I'll, I'll show you the pictures oh, okay. they, I left them at the house accidentally um, But they're all different Things with Mormon in it It's actually really funny so. Okay Next. All right, next. Uh, we got a Christmas card from the Halford family and the letter. To Father Nathan, Father Michael, thank you so much for all you do to keep the podcast going. I'm a faithful listener, and I cannot tell you how much it has fed my spiritual life and helped me to grow in my faith. I was very poorly catechized 
And it wasn't until my early 30s that I started to find my way back to the Lord. You've helped me to see the absolute beauty and fullness of the Catholic faith, so thank you. You are good men, strong fathers, and clearly loving and dedicated brothers. Thank you for sharing your lives and faith with us. Merry Christmas, Amy Hoffer. They also sent us a check that we will use to buy bourbon with. hey That's what I vote. All right. Last shout out for me. Uh, Father Nathan, I was walking down the aisles of Wally World the other day when the shirt caused me to stop in my tracks. Ever since your podcast on It Is What It Is, this phrase has been stalking me. Maybe I'm actually just more aware now. But I'm firmly in your camp of extreme disregard for the phrase. It joins YOLO and no worries. I have no expectation you will actually wear this shirt due to not wanting to spread its propaganda message. Many blessings and happy advent from the hack family. Pete, Emily, Joseph, and Isaac in Lawrence, KU country, Kansas. Uh, They love the banter and uh, she sent me a t-shirt that says it is what it is. Um, and so if there's any listener out there that super wants a teal green, uh, teal green, it is what it is, double XL shirt, uh, please send a self-addressed envelope to St. Joan of Arc, 12735 <laughs> West 58 Avenue. First request, it's all yours. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. And finally, um, I'm not going to name the name here because they have a prayer request. I don't know if this is meant to be public, but... Fathers, we enjoy your podcast, and we know how much you enjoy Sour Patch Kids. Please consider this a bribe to pray that we may have may be blessed with children in the near future. They sent us a cereal box size box oh, with a yeah. bag inside of Sour Patch Kids. So even though we're trying to resist, we will, we, we, we don't eat Villa. them on air anymore. For we'll Villa. eat them at Villa. For Villa. Exactly. Yeah. When we drink part of probably some of your bourbon as well that you guys are sending yeah. us. So with the brothers all right so uh anyway i'm not gonna mention their name because of the prayer request but please do pray that uh the family that sent us power sour patch kids are blessed with children in the near future let's do it Ba-da-da. all right get better father nathan heal up t-pain what did he call himself uh, t-nasty <laughs> can't get over that that's right. great though t-nasty, tony pray for tony shook eye I like your style. I got your Christmas card, and it's a bunch of seminarians riding on cats because uh, they're the cats of St. Gregory. I'm like, that's uh, that's pretty good, you know? So He's got to have his funds, too. T-Nasty, I'm proud of you. <laughs> Catholic Stuff Podcast, uh, please do. I just want to say again, please do say a prayer for uh, all uh, couples that are desiring uh, to get pregnant. Um, it's a wonderful gift. Uh, for the people that would like to have children. That's very abnormal in this world that we live in. So uh, may God bless you. Yeah. Okay. Catholic Stuff Podcast at Gmail. Like us on Facebook. Give us a shout out on iTunes. Thank you. Love you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christ born. Glorify him. Glorify him. (laughs) Dang it. And happy season of light and revelation. Enjoy it. Okay. See ya. Bye. Bye.